0: Okay, guys, so I know you might think, well, what's this about? And why does it ask the question that it's asking? Well, because it's kind of interesting, if you will. Now, we know that back in 2021, uh, they released the first Paw Patrol movie simultaneously on Paramount Plus and in theaters. And the reason for that was because we were still kind of in the COVID phase, but we were slowly getting out of it and everything. Mostly to the point that you could go back to the theaters, but there was some limitations and everything. And seeing as though people were still kind of like unsure about that, a lot of studios uh, basically decided that, well, if we have a streaming service connected to us or partnered with us, we could you know dump our film you know on there. Or we could go to places like Voodoo or Voodoo, if you will, or Amazon Prime, wherever. And released it there uh, for the, uh, under the banner of theater at home, you know, for a price. You know, for a price and everything. And Paw Patrol, the first movie, fell under that uh, category of being uh, basically released theatrically and, you know, on, on streaming. You know, courtesy, like I said, Pall Plus. As well as, I think around the same time too, you know, purchased for theater at home if you didn't have Paramount Plus. Now, this time around, however, according to reports, this movie will be as it says right there on the poster, only in theaters. This will only be in theaters. And the premise basically has the has the pups, has the Paw Patrol basically getting superpowers courtesy of a meteorite that fell to earth. And apparently, the villainess, who I think is voiced by Serena Williams, I believe, because she's going to be a voice in this film, Uh, uh, basically is the reason the meteor came to Earth, and basically she was meaning for it to come to her and give her those powers and everything. So it looks like that's what the story's going to be about. It's kind of, you know, some people have compared it to being like Paw Patrol crossing over with Power Rangers and everything, because the characters... Have all these different kind of powers, uh, for example, uh, Sky here is going to uh, have um, is going to have the flight and strength, and apparently, according to Wikipedia, if you believe Wikipedia, she's going to be the main protagonist of the second film, just like Chase was the main protagonist of the first film. Apparently, she is going to replace Chase as the new. Um, the new uh, protagonist of the second film. And if you're into voice actors, uh, li- Lily, uh, Lily Bartlom, who voiced her in the series in the first film, is going to get replaced by McKinney Grace. McKinney Grace is going to replace her as the voice. But apparently she's going to have the main protagonist role here in the film, and she's going to have the power of flight and strength. Um, let's see. Now, Liberty, who is the new character that came out uh, in the first film, uh, is going to be back. She's part of the Paw Patrol uh, in Adventure City, that's what it's called, and is the leader of the Junior Patrollers with her mighty pup power of stretching. Even though, here's the thing, even though in the trailer it does not show, it does not show, that she, you know, has any powers. I think she's going to get them later on, and this could be based on a toy that got leaked out. Because one of the premises of these kind of films is basically, you know, basically of uh, what was I trying to say? Oh, yeah, the premise of these films, even going back to when I was a kid with Transformers and GI Joe and GoBots and all that. Uh, basically, is to sell toys. Not just to tell a good story or a decent story, but, you know, to keep kids and all that entertained, but to also sell toys. So I'm assuming that her mighty pup power of stretching is, you know, not, you know, even, even, even though it's not seen in the trailer, is what I'm trying to say, even though it's not seen in the trailer, uh, apparently got leaked out maybe because of a toy scene you know, on on the, I guess you could say, displays, on what is it, the floor displays at conventions and all that or something. So I'm assuming that's basically how people know about her power and everything because of a leak, a a leak viewing of a toy, you know, with her power of of stretching, of elastics, of a malleability, if you will, elasticity. So in other words, she's going to be Elastic Pup, if you will, or the Mighty Elastic Pup, if, if you if you want to look at it that way. And apparently, that's going to be their team name, you know, with them having the powers. They're going to be known as the Mighty Pups. Not just the Paw Patrol, but the Mighty Pups. Now, um, Chase, who is a German Shepherd, like I said, was the main protagonist of the first film, is going to have the power of super speed. Uh, Kim Kardashian, she's in it. She's going to reprise her role as Dolores, a sassy poodle who, who keeps on working in an animal shelter. So she's going to be back for that. Uh, Northwest uh, is Minnie uh, Pomeranian, who is one of the members of the Junior Patrollers. St. Rest. Chris Rock is going to be there. He's got a role in there, cameo role or whatever it is, as a kitty that gets the Crystal. We kind of see that at the end of the trailer. James Morrison is in there. Kristen Bell. We don't know what roles they will have, but they might have something. Um, we have Finn Lynn Epp as ten-year-old boy who serves as the leader of the Paw Patrol. Okay, Finn Lynn Epp as writer, ten-year-old boy who served as the leader of the Paw Patrol. Uh, Lee Epp replaces Kim or replaces Kai Harris from the series, and Will Brinsbin from the fi- from the first film. And if you're wondering why why are they changing out the voices and everything, it's because originally uh, the people that voice, uh, the kids that voice them are getting older. So as you get older, your voice, whether you're a male or a female, and I say that with all due respect, no offense, your know, your voice changes. You go through different changes in everything. So by your voice changing in a way, especially as a boy, especially when you're going through that change, puberty, if you will. You know, basically that takes away any opportunity you would have to continue a, a role that you've had uh, from a voice acting perspective that you've been known for, so you got to get replaced. So basically that's what Finn Lin-Epp is going to do. Okay, so you have Ron Pordeau coming back as uh, basically the Paw Patrol's arch nemesis, Mayo hum, Humdinger. Uh, who is the arch uh, nemesis from Foggy Barn- Bottom, Foggy Bottom, and Adventure City, and everything? Who esca- escapes prison and teams up with Victoria Vance, and everything? And Victoria Vance is the new villain, the main villain here. And uh, I'm trying, trying to see. Okay, so it's not Serena Williams. It's going to be because I'm thinking maybe Serena v- Williams is going to be the voice of the villain. No. It's going to be uh, Chajua P. Henson and everything, uh, who's been in uh, several films, including Baby Boy and everything. So, yeah, you're going to have a lot of characters. So you're going to have a lot of people reprising the roles, some not and everything. So, okay, continuing on, you have, as far as the Paw Patrol team goes, you have Marshall... Who's going to get the power of fire? And they say that Kristen Corin replaces Kingsley Marshall from both the series and the first movie, as well as reprising his role from the series. Okay. So, so yeah, again, another another um, voice change there. Kellman, uh, uh, Carolum uh, Schnucker as Rocky, mixed breed. ...of the team's Recycling handyman pump, Handyman Pup, also likes to eat and all that. Uh, he gets the power of levitation. He gets the power of levitation and all that. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, he's not the one that likes to eat, but he's a mixed breed, but he gets the power of levitation. Uh, Zuma uh, is going to be voiced, you know, again. I mean, going to be voiced for the first time by Nilan Patherpan... Um, who gets the, who's an aquatic rescue pup with the mighty power of water. So he can turn into water, stuff like that, and, and everything. And he gets, and the voice actor revoiced, uh, replaces Shalyn Simmons from both the series and the first film. And Jordan Manzillin from the first film. Um, and it says that Pazza previously voiced AI from the Big Truck pup subseries. And then up here this is rubble. This is the one I was talking about. Um he's going to be back and he's going to have the uh, power of a wrecking ball. He's going to be able to, you know, bash into things and all that. It says uh headbiker reprises his role from the show Rubble and Crew and replaces Keegan Hedland from both the series and the first film and Lucian Duncan and Reed from the series. So yeah, Again, a lot of the Paw Patrol uh, voice actors, you know, of the of the main team, you know, uh, is going to be replaced because, again, you know, kids are growing up and stuff and, 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 you know, things like that. Now, the premise, apparently, according to this, according to Wikipedia, the premise is this, and I quote, All her life, Skye has felt like she has been underappreciated by her friends, eager to prove she can be an asset to the team. She gets a chance when a magical meteor crash lands in Adventure City. This gives Sky, Chase, Liberty, Marshall, Rubble, Rocky, and Zuma superpowers. In order to steal the pup's powers, Maya Humdinger escapes from prison and teams up with a meteor expert named Victoria Vance to steal the pup's crystals. So yeah. That's the premise, and again that's why they're saying Sky is going to be the main protagonist of the second film. Just like Chase was the main protagonist, main focal point of the team in the first film. Now, here's where things get interesting. When you look at the trailer, when you look at the trailer and everything, you know, it feels like, you know, it feels like it's going to be a little bit more edgy. Now, I know that's weird to say about a Paw Patrol film and everything, but it definitely feels like that. It definitely feels like it's going to be a little bit more edgy, and it feels like they're trying to grow up. I know that's crazy, as crazy as it sounds, but it feels like they're trying to grow up the Paw Patrol. They are. It, it feels like that. It feels like what Cal, what Cal uh, Bunker, Bob Balin, and Shane Morris are trying to do, you know, with the story. And what Cal and Bob are trying to do with the screenplay is they're trying to grow up the Paw Patrol, not you know, you know, not just for an older audience, and everything. But I'm assuming to expand on the world, like basically take it out of what is known as that Nick Jr., you know, Disney Jr., Nick Jr. Uh, bubble that it's, you know, encased in and let it just go out, go out and be what it could potentially be, you know, outside of the limitations that, you know, you know the limitations, I should say, that it has as a Nick Jr., Disney Jr. series. So I could see I could see just by looking at the trailer that that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, you know, you, know, they're trying to burst that bubble they're in and basically give it an opportunity to, you know spread its wings and be more be more, ladies and gentlemen, than what it's limited to. and that's being like the young, you know targeted uh, demographic of pre-K to, I would say at the at the latest, Fifth grade, uh, demographic. So I think that's what they're trying to do because I think going back to what I said in the previous video, and everything as I've mentioned before many times, they look at something like Paw Patrol and they're like, this could really, you know, be more than what it is if it had a chance to really spread its wings and be able to do things and and do things and have the characters say things that, you know, normally they wouldn't say, you know. Under the under a regular Nick Jr. banner, and everything, they see that potential that it could be more, that it could be you know um, more uh, that it could that it has that potential, you know that untapped potential to really draw in a more older demographic like MLP did with Friendship is Magic because when we look at Friendship is Magic and even mark you uh, make your mark, you know those those originally Friendship is Magic. And up till recently, with Chapter Four, "Make Your Mark" were always looked at as mainly for the younger kids, for the pre-K to maybe at the latest sixth grade demographic, and that was it. You know, and that beyond that, you know, it didn't, you know, it wouldn't matter that nobody would care. But what happened? The moment, as I said in the previous video, the moment "Friendship Is Magic" hit its stride with season four based on all the potential it showed with season two, season three, season one, and uh, and the episodes and finales there, you know, the moment it got an opportunity to spread its wings outside of what Lauren Faust originally planned and really just build upon it and evolve and become the pulp culture phenomenon it is, you know, it gained a fan base that went beyond its targeted demographic. It gained a fan base that, you know, incorporated you know, that encompassed and incorporated fans that are around my generation, you know, fans in the 30s, the 40s, early 50s, you know, late 20s, you name it. it. It incorporated encompassed those fans to get behind it and support it. And a lot of those fans, believe it or not, through, you know, through places like YouTube and all that, and through, you know, being prominent members of that fandom have gone on to have successful careers because of that By doing reviews of the show, by creating OCs, expanding, you know, the um, MLP OC characters into reviewing things outside of MLP. You know, they've gone on to make a living, if you will. And it's all because of the fact that, you know, the people behind Friendship is Magic, seeing the reaction that even the adults were having, you know, decided to take a chance with season four. Spread the uh, spread the show's wings and let it just do what it's got to do. And the rest ended up being history in a very positive manner. And to me, I think that's what people like, uh, call, not call but Kyle, Kyle and Bob and Shane, with uh, Paw Patrol: The Mighty Movie, are looking at. They are looking basically at trying to go that direction, expand into that demographic. Because, yes, the characters are pups and everything. But I think they realize that, well, just like kids, these pups are going to have to grow up. Or at least the tone of the show, the tone of the atmosphere has got to grow up with the kids that are watching it. So I think that's why when you look at this film, you know, and everything, you look at it and you look at, you know, the, tra- the trailer basically for it you can definitely feel that that's the direction they want to go in. Now, did they try to go in that direction with the first film? Yeah. But it still retained a lot of what made Paw Patrol appealing to a younger demographic. You know, to the you know demographic that it was always targeted at. Here, I see them wanting to go beyond that. I see them wanting to get, you know, into that audience, into that, you know, area that I mentioned, Friendship is Magic, and even Make Your Mark, and other shows originally meant for a younger audience, have th- and has ended up, you know, expanding into and thriving, and I think they want to do the same with Paw Patrol. As crazy as that sounds, and I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised because the first film got a G rating, which you know nowadays is rare. You know, it is rare, but it, you know, still possible. Here, though, I don't see that happening. Yes, you could say, oh, if you're, now, now, you now, now, okay, let me. We want to do okay now. I know you're thinking, wait a minute, Brian, are you alluding to the fact that this could get a PG rating? That's exactly what I'm alluding to. Now, I'm not saying it will because I know some of you might point out that it's Paw Patrol. It's puppies. It's not going to happen. They would never do anything like that. And you'd be right. You'd be absolutely right. But, but if what I'm getting, you know, vibration wise, just based on that trailer, just based on that trailer, I would not put it past the MPAA, or the MPAs, as it's now known, to give it a PG rating. You know, I would not put it past it. I would not put it past it to give it a PG rating. Because when you think about it, there's more action and adventure in this, you know, and more peril, if you will, if you want to look at it that way, than the first film. So why not basically, you know, uh, why not basically look at that if you're the NPA and be like, yeah, we could give this a PG feel, PG rating. Why not go there? And maybe that's what Call and Bob and Shane want. Or mostly call call uh, Bronk uh, what's his name Bronker, call uh, uh Bronker wants you know not call but Cal Bronker wants maybe maybe that's what he wants. Maybe that's what he's hoping for, that this will get a PG rating. Now again, let me be let me be real with you I don't I don't know if it will get a PG rating but I would not put it past the MPA based on what they saw in the first trailer based on what they may get in the second trailer if there's a second trailer I would not be surprised if we end up getting a PG rating put onto this film because let's be honest you know even though a G rating is more than likely to happen you know for this film I would not be surprised if it gets a PG rating to make it more appealing, not just for the young kids, but for the older audience that, in my opinion, I think Cal, Brunker, Bob, Barlin, and Shane Morris want to go after. I would not be surprised by that. I would not be surprised that if it gets a PG rating, because maybe that's what, again, Cal wants to happen so that it makes it more appealing to an older demographic. Because then if a PG rating is added to this movie, it'll get that older demographic curious being like, whoa, you know, what's going on in this? What's going on in this Paw Patrol movie that's warranting the NPA to give it a PG rating? It'll get the curiosity up to want to go see it just to see maybe, okay, what warrants a PG rating. And again, I think when you look at the trailer, when you look at the trailer, it definitely feels like that's what they want. That's what they're hoping for. Because of the more uh, action, adventure, the more perils and everything going on, you know, in in this movie. And, 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 look, almost got tongue-tied there. And the fact that it looks like the main, one of the main villains, the Victoria Vance lady, uh, is trying to basically, I wouldn't say, you know, kill, but basically take out, injure the Paw Patrol and their, and their human friend Ryder. You know, so... To me, I think when you look at the trailer and everything, and maybe the future trailer that comes out, I'm not going to be surprised if that basically gets the NPA to be like, okay, we can put a PG rating on this. And maybe, like I said, that's what Cal, Bob, and Shane, and maybe the creator of Paw Patrol is hoping for, you know, Keith Chapman. Maybe that's what they're hoping for, to appeal to that bigger demographic. Because, again, Curiosity will get the best... Of that older demographic, because they'll be like, "Well, what warrants a Paw Patrol movie of all things to get a PG rating?" And they're going to want to check it out. They're going to want to see that. And I think, you know, I think by doing so, that's going to hopefully, you know, in the eyes of Cal and Bob and Shane, you know, not only draw in, you know, a decent-sized audience to the theaters out of curiosity as to why a Paw Patrol movie it gets a PG rating, but maybe by watching the film, it'll make it. You know, it'll create that intrigue to put it on the, I wouldn't say same level, but almost equal level to what Friendship is Magic and Make Your Mark had, you know, when it, when they started to hit their stride and really be more appealing, mostly Friendship is Magic, more appealing to that older demographic of teenagers, you know, young adults, you know, and all that. And that way, by being becoming more appealing to them, you know, they can expand outwards. And allow the the show and the characters to grow beyond just being, like I said, a Nick Jr. uh, pre-K to, at the most, fifth grade um, targeted show. But, you know, like I said, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but we'll see. We'll see what happens here um, uh, when we get another trailer, which I think we should be getting a trailer, another trailer uh, a month before the film comes out. Because it's scheduled to come out on September 29th. Only in theaters. So we'll see what happens. But guys let me know what your thoughts are. Live chat during the premiere. Where I In the description I will admit. Super Chats will be open if you want to check those out. Uh, but guys give me your thoughts. Do you think maybe I could be wrong about this. And we're just going to get a G rating with it. What are your thoughts overall. Do you think the, uh, the trailer will. Encourage you know the MPA To maybe give it a PG rating. Like maybe cal and shane and bob want let me know comment below live chat during the premiere like the video and until next time guys check me out on my other outlets